This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. the devil are we all how are we oh hello sharon hi simon guess what sha what it's monday night you know you know what that means (laughs) (laughs) okay everybody just so you're aware mr mags has completed his beetroot seeking mission from last week however the radio techers power that be have sent him out searching for cucumbers this week so he's still unavailable so in the hot seat this week, alongside me, hosting Chain Wrestling, is my good lady, my wonderful wife, Sharon Courier. How are you, my love, since, you know, 90 seconds ago when I last spoke to you? I'm good. I'm good. Had a great weekend away, obviously. You know, because you were there for some of it. Um, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I'm good. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. For everybody, just make sure everyone is aware. Uh this is the first time Sharon's done anything like this with Techers and so on. This is the first time I would have done anything like this, and I'm in charge of looking at the chat, uh, bringing up your messages, all the the intro, the music, the the sound bites, and so on. So, any technical side of things this week is going to be a sodding disaster, and that's completely on me. So please be patient with me, bear with me, and we'll do the best we can. However. Good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with my missus and Sai, a Radio Techers production. I am Sai, and with me for the first time ever, well, live on Radio Techers, not the first time ever, obviously we've been together. Not in life. No, of course. Is the beauty to my beast, the Angie to my dirty den. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> a... I suppose now a podcaster who amazingly survived this past weekend on a round two hours kit because my snoring was just so bad, but I'm sure we're going to get that story shortly. Sha, welcome to Chain Wrestling. Not for the first time, because you're always in the chat, but welcome to Chain Wrestling live. It's so weird 
being this side of things like behind the camera as it were because I can see the chat popping up at the side still but it's completely different because obviously normally I'm watching and I'm on YouTube seeing the YouTube chat so this is actually quite surreal ah uh, okay ah uh, brilliant stuff I, <laughs> it's funny for me because I'm normally just looking at the chat half arsed and then just commenting on whatever Magsy brings up or the odd comment I see I've got to try and keep an eye on that now to make sure that I'm covering that side of the deal as well. And I know this is going to get difficult. I know this is going to get, you know, I'm, I'm going to screw this up. So as I said, please, everyone be, you know, very patient with us. We will do our best to bring you another great show. Shall we jump in the chat straight away though, Shah? Shall we have a little look? Yeah, let's do it. Look at that. That's awesome. When you, when you're not there in the chat to shout it out, <laughs> Charlie, our youngest, who's right there passing you a cup of tea as we speak. Look at that. Make a little Cheers, cameo yeah. on the camera. Come say hi, Charlie. Are you going to wave, Charlie? Are you going to poke your head in and wave? <laughs> there we go. Well, there, there's an arm anyway. There's an arm bringing you a cup of tea. I'll have a cup of tea, Charlie, if you're doing it. Um, <laughs> Charlie says, oh, it's Monday night. You know what that means, which is fantastic stuff. We have Scottish Danny in the chat. Hello, CWF. Hello, Scottish Danny. Great to have you along, as always. Uh, <laughs> Dan Griffin here. Bloody hell, Charlie beat me to it. Stupid potato BT internet. Yeah, he had a few issues with his internet when we were recording. The Dr. Hall. The, the, Dr. Hall? What the hell the is Dr. that? The Dr. Hall? The Dr. Hall. That's a different show altogether. The Dr. Who pod this week. And it's it, it's so frustrating when the internet doesn't work right, isn't it? You know, what's the saying? Third world problems, is it? Is that right? Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, yes, Charlie was quick on the draw with that diamond sheet. Beat you to it, mate. We have Fitch, the hairy housewife. Hello, you lovely lot. Hello, sir. Good to have you along. Council of Dan's leader. Danny says hello to you there. Uh, we have <laughs> Dan Griffin apologising to you, saying, sorry, I sent him home in that state, Sha. Do I need encouraging that much, though, my love, really? Yeah, I was going to say, you really, really twisted his arm into that one. Uh, we have Andy from Bang Bang Podcast who says, I am blatantly punching. Cheers, mate. <laughs> good makeup, good makeup. <laughs> uh, well, mine's, mine's quite good, isn't it? Surely. You know, it's the stuff you buy me. Um, <laughs> I mean, those bags come free, though, don't they? Hey, all right. I've had a busy weekend, haven't I? Yeah. Mm. And I was late last night as well going to bed because I was editing and then up early for work. And I, I didn't have my usual, you know, power nap in the afternoon when you go pick the kids up like an old bad on the sofa. You know? <laughs> yeah. Morty here saying, oh, sorry, Fitch saying, shout out to Morty. He's probably asleep currently because he's under the weather. Or wish him well. We do. We do. Morty, wish you very well. Hope you're better soon, my friend. And our good buddy, Connor McKay. Hello. Good afternoon, Cyan Sharon, he says. Hello, Connor. Great to have you along. So, Sharon, I normally ask Magsy and uh, Matt when he has stood in for Mags in the past, how's your week been? But I know how your week's been because I've been with you. How's your weekend been? Because it was quite eventful for us, wasn't it? My weekend has been amazing. Absolutely amazing. I was, as you know, I was um, an assistant to an author at a book signing this weekend. And the day was incredible. Uh, amazing to be surrounded by book people again in the world I love the most. Um, but to be honest, it was the evening, Saturday evening now, um, I know Sai said before, I don't drink, so it's not like it was alcohol-fueled. But the evening was just amazing. Um, I don't know if I should tell the story. Should I tell the story? 
Well, it depends on what story it is. The story of stacks. Oh, that fella. Yeah. Well, yeah, do it. You know, this 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 individual that you effectively worship online and so on. You know, makes me feel really sort of wanted and. <laughs> Um, so I'll try and keep this as short as possible because I do like to talk. But basically, it was four years ago I went to a book signing and I was quite excited because there was a male model there and he's quite handsome, shall we say? Um, younger and, than me, isn't he? Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, love. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I met him four years ago in Wales at a book signing, quite excited about it because I thought he's quite a handsome fella. And basically when I stood in front of him, I couldn't talk. I literally <laughs> lost the power of speech, um, handed him my book to sign and just kind of went, uh, uh, uh. and then I went bright red and ran off. Oh, dear, dear, dear. But you said um, this is recent, isn't it? It's only a couple of years ago. It wasn't like you were a 13-year-old girl ago. saying, take that. You know, no. You're, 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 yeah. No. When a, and, and this is the funny thing. People who know me know um, I'm not really that person. I tend to just, I'm very much like people are people. It doesn't matter how famous they are or whatever. People are people. If you're a good person, you're a good person. If you're not, you're not. But... I literally lost the power of speech and just could not speak and literally felt my face get really hot as well. And my friend <laughs> Gila has to this day, never let me live it down. The abuse I've had off her for the past four years is unbelievable. But so this was my do over, but not only was it a do over the author who organized the signing event, I made the mistake of telling her this story so she decided to sit us next to him, which I was a bit like, uh-oh. So I, I did, you know, send her a few abusive messages saying, you know, how, how can you do that to me? You're trying to silence me. But anyway, I had a bit of a wobble when he walked in and I was a bit like, oh, my God, there he is. But then it's that thing of, oh, do you know what? Just bite the bullet, go and say hello. I'm sat next to him all day, just kind of get it over and done with. And Long story short, he's actually a pretty amazing guy. I haven't sent this link to him yet so that I can say this without stressing that he can hear me. Um, but, you know, he's a really good looking man, but he's also amazing. He's got a fantastic personality and, you know, he's just he's awesome. And, you know, we spent the day off and on chatting, but then we spent the evening, you know, a group of us obviously sat together and it was one of the best evenings I've had in I don't even know how long speaking to these people who I bonded with, but not just because of books. It's great to bond over books, but it's even better to bond over life and swap life stories. And, and that's what we did with, you know, not just him, obviously, with other people. And it was one of the best nights I think I've had in I can't even remember how long. It was incredible. Yeah, I, I managed to catch the end of the after party. I mean, the whole book world and so on is completely alien to me, as, as you know, Shah. So, for the benefit of people listening, I suppose it's completely alien to me. But coming along to the after party and catching like maybe the last hour, I managed to get in there, folks. I was, I was out drinking around York basically with, with Dan Griffin. I got back to, to where you were, got in and sat down with you all. And everyone was, obviously, everyone was pissed up. Of course, they were, which makes everyone very friendly. But um, it's. Uh, it, it, it was great. The atmosphere was fantastic. Talking to everyone there was fantastic. I mean, I've made 
hopefully new friends. So, you know, brilliant stuff. Yeah, it was, it was I mean, I, you, I you spoke to Ryan as well, didn't you? So yes, yes. you you saw yourself. He's a genuinely nice guy. It's almost that thing of how can someone be that good looking, but mm-hmm. also actually be a nice guy? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. And we've got a few comments in the chats that go along with this. We have Dan Griffin saying he was exactly the same the first time he met Session Moff Martina. Although Lager may have caused my speech problems. Yeah, Lager and the fact that you were sort of mesmerised by her because she's she's a good-looking lass, let's be honest. Um, Andy at Bang Bang Podcast says he felt the same when he first met David Moyes. <laughs> Brilliant. Andy continues as well. He's missed the last few minutes. Sharon's not talking about meeting Dan Griffin, is she? No. Obviously. Can I tell you a quick story about Dan Griffin that I know Sai's going to tell, so I might as well beat him to the punch on this one. Okay. When, obviously, we met one, not obviously, sorry, it's not obvious, but we met Dan Friday night and we had a fantastic night again, you know, it it was incredible. And at the end of the night, as you do, it's like everyone has a hug. Dan squeezed me so hard, my boobs are still sore today. Naughty, naughty. (laughs) Yeah, I remember saying genuinely they hurt where he squeezed me that hard not complaining because you know i do love a good sorry i'm trying to move something i do love a good squeeze but yeah i woke up the next morning and i was like why am i so sore and then i remembered it was dan's fault brilliant oh dan you injured my wife my friend you injured my wife there we go i had a bloody great weekend i did we went up on the friday didn't we had a few Mm -hmm. drinks with some of your your book friends i guess uh, yep. So it was all new faces for me there. Friday night, it, Dan came and met us and I sat with Dan and we both met more of your book friends and there was quite a big group of us there. Following morning, obviously you got up early to go off to your book festival on very little sleep, which I will cover in a moment. And <laughs> I basically went to Dan Griffin's house, watched the Arsenal United game, which we will not discuss right now because it was an <laughs> embarrassment. And then basically went around York on the piss and it was fantastic. I had an awesome time. I wasn't a fan of getting up at crazy early Sunday morning to get back, but I was a fan of being back in Gloucester by 9am Sunday. That was kind of cool, mm. but I didn't want to get up that early. But yeah, you, you didn't get much kit Friday night, my love, did you? I've apologised for it in advance, but uh, yeah, my, my snoring was a bit a bit OTT, wasn't it? Yeah, I had in total one hour of sleep. That's not exaggerating. That's not, it was fine. I got up. I did the job I was at that was expected of me. I managed to get another hour that afternoon before we went out on the Saturday night, but I've still not caught up on that sleep. Mm, yes well you'll get a chance after we finish the air won't you that's the thing you'll get a chance after we finish the air i apologize again but yeah you said that the actual framework of the bed was rattling my snoring was so loud which is i could I think, literally quite... feel it <laughs> it was that loud <laughs> oh, oh dear uh, we've got uh, a comment here as well in the chat from dan griffin saying you also confused the toddler site and that's true that's true i better explain that to people listening dan when, we, when I went round his to watch the football, had one of his nieces there, who I believe, Dan, you have to correct me in the chat if I'm wrong, but I believe she's 18 months, two years, a stretch. Gorgeous little lass, toddling around, smiling away, you know, just wonderful to be in her company. She, she was fantastic. I, I, I You know, it, it's just great. Just Kids make me smile. They're awesome. And Dan is a big fella with a beard. Same as me. I'm a big fella with a beard. Dan had on his NWO Wolfpack shirt, which is black with red pattern in them. I had on my motorhead t-shirt, which is black with red pattern on. We walked into the room and this little girl turned around, excited to see her uncle, pointed up to Dan and said, 
oh, da, as in Dan. And then looked across the room and saw me and her face just changed, which to be fair, a lot of people's faces do change when they look across the room and see me. But this poor little girl looked so confused and she went da at me and then went back to Dan again and then looked confused at her nan and went two, thinking there was two Dans, which was, <laughs> uh, it was just the cutest thing ever. But yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. And very quickly, before we get on anywhere else, we have Morty in the chat. Brilliant to hear you are alive, sir. He says, I'm alive. Just popped on to say hi to you, lovely lot, before I go back to bed to sleep. Shout out to Fitch for being my knight in shining armour today. There we go. You can catch us later in the week, Morty, I'm sure, on the podcast version. Yeah, I know. Cheap plug. I'm that smooth and that good at it. It's brilliant. Okay, there we go. <laughs> ah, I suppose then, Sha, I suppose we could now look at chucking a few embarrassing gimmicks where they belong, away from us into the nasty, stinky hall of lame. We could. The- That always makes me laugh hearing that. The little gimmick tune there. Yeah. With our lips. Lame. Uh, okay yes the hall of lame where embarrassing cringy wrestling gimmicks moments storylines or matches go to die hopefully to be never heard from again as is kind of tradition sha i never go first because magsy's you know pretty selfish and likes to always jump in and go ahead so what have you got for us well, I think my Hall of Lame nomination is going to go to a Mr. Kevin Dunn. Ooh. Now, if you don't know who that is, I'll be honest, I didn't until I asked the question and then we Googled it and found out. Um, he is the man responsible for the uh, camera work and the cuts in WWE. I cannot stand sometimes with the cameras jumping and even sometimes when someone's punching and it's zooming in and out and in and out. It makes my head hurt because it's almost like your eyes can't quite catch up with everything that's going on. It's like, why can't we just have Mm. normal camera shots? They try to be a bit too fancy with it. And on occasions, things have been missed where they're so concentrated on trying to do it a certain way things end up getting missed out because they're not paying enough attention to the actual thing we're trying to watch. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I hate, I find some WWE television so difficult to, to, to watch the programs because of the camera work. It cuts back and forth, cuts back and forth. Like you said, zooms in and out when somebody's repeatedly punching someone and so on. And I, I don't know if it's an intentional thing, but apparently it's some, some, some link to how, uh, children now consume their content on YouTube and so on. It, it, it sort of like has lots of different cuts and camera angles and quick snippets all pieced together. So apparently this is marketed at them. And obviously I'm not the the proper target audience for WWE anymore. I, I appreciate that. However, you know, I, I try and watch it and I cannot handle it whatsoever. It is horrific. And you've said in the past, Sharon, haven't you? Well, I don't know what it was. Was it... A, was it an episode of Raw or SmackDown or maybe even a pay-per-view where after an hour or so, you actually ended up with a, with a headache, didn't you? Yeah, because it was just too much. I mean, I've got um, a lot of my headaches anyway do centre around my eyes, um, but it, it 
it, it was just almost overwhelming with the sort of just the flicking and mm-hmm. oh, just too much. It's almost like um, maybe it is the light thing as well because you're swapping light angles all the time as well. Yeah. It's, it's just overwhelmingly bad. Yeah, you're right. And uh, really, really worthy of a, a spot in the Hall of Lane. Kevin Dunn's camera, WWE's camera cuts, more for it to as potentially Kevin Dunn's camera cuts production, I suppose. But yeah, 100%. There's no need. It takes away from the enjoyment of the match. It's so silly. And you've got these guys and girls who are busting their ass to put on an entertainment, uh, well, some form of entertainment for us. And I sometimes think that what they're doing gets took away from because of the the camera angles and the camera cuts and the constant poor production i suppose in the wwe so yeah well worth a shout sharon that is fantastic and one that i never even considered in all the weeks we've been doing hall of lane but it's now you've mentioned it it thoroughly deserves to be thrown into the deepest darkest pits in the hall of lane that genuinely amazes me that you never thought of that because the amount of times we've watched something and complained about it yeah yeah very true very true Scottish Danny in the chat there saying there was a brawl that was 50 seconds long and had over 40 camera cuts. Is, is that tongue-in-cheek there, Danny, or is that actually a segment that happened on WWE television recently? Because, again, I, I don't watch a great deal of WWE. I try and catch the pay-per-views, but the weekly TV I don't tend to see. So is, is this is this what actually happened? Because if it is, that is insane. And it can be. I mean, people with epilepsy, surely it must affect them in some way. You'd think so, but they do put the light sensitivity warning at the beginning, don't they? So I suppose that covers their backside. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Ah, so then joining WWE's camera cuts, Kevin Dunn's poor productions, etc., etc., is somebody I know you're quite fond of, Shah. So I want to make sure that we understand fully what I'm doing here. I'm not throwing in this person because this particular wrestler I like. I'm throwing in a certain two, two, two and a half month period of his career and a gimmick the WWE gave this guy. Okay. I would like to go to SmackDown in 2005, one of the multiple debuts or returns, etc., of a guy who we went on to really enjoy in TNA by the name of Matt Morgan. Now, the blueprint, Matt Morgan, he had a few attempts at coming into the main roster in WWE after training in their developmentals like OVW and so on. And he kept getting sent back and brought back up again, etc., etc. Now, first of all, Matt Morgan, okay, charisma-wise, he does lack a little bit. He's not the greatest on the microphone. He did get better in his his later career, uh, and he was never an incredible wrestler going to put on, you know, five-star matches every week. But when handled correctly, the guy was seven foot tall. He was 300 pounds. When handled correctly, this guy could be booked like an absolute monster. He was quite athletic for someone that size. And even if worst case scenario, if he can't talk, give him a mouthpiece. But by the end of his career, he did end up being pretty decent on the mic to a degree. The time I'm thinking of though, is to try and get this, seven foot 300 pound muscle monster over wwe decided to give him a speech disorder he was working as a bodyguard or enforcer or a second i guess to um colito cologne caribbean cool colito and he, he stuttered and was very apparently nervous and uh, paranoid about his speech impediment and if somebody mocked him about it 
he would fly off the handle, get aggressive, and start beating them up, and so on. I mean, this this gimmick, like I said, it debuted very, very late April in 2005 on SmackDown. He was cut from the company in about t- two months after this. So this was like their last attempt. So my entry into the Hall of Lame this week, the Chain Wrestling Hall of Lame, is not Matt Morgan himself, because he did a great lot of good in the wrestling business to entertain me. And I know he entertained you in TNA as well, Sha. And Scottish Danny mm-hmm. in the chat there saying he loved him in TNA, because Scottish Danny's like a proper TNA junkie. He loves that crap. <laughs> but, is it bad that, sorry to interrupt you there, my love, is it bad that I genuinely don't remember Matt Morgan in WWE? No, no, not at all. I mean, you think 2005, it was, it was it was a weird time in the business, 2005. It was like a lot of the big names had left and it was before they came back, the likes of The Rock and, and Lesnar and all that sort of stuff. It was a bit of a lull in the business. Cena was very much on his way up, but it, it was like, I mean, 2004, Guerrero and Benoit were champions and, and they kind of fell away. So a lot of people stopped watching or a lot of people, there's a lot of shows around that time that blend into one. And a lot of people, a lot of characters, they tried where they throw them out for a couple of months. It wouldn't work. They get shot of them, and it happened loads. So I can fully appreciate where mm-hmm. you're coming from by, by not remembering him in it. But he he stuttered and had a real bad speech. Yeah, I know. I just stuttered a little bit myself, didn't I? He stuttered, <laughs> and had a real bad speech issue, and it was just terrible. It was just like it felt almost like they were mocking people with real speech issues anyway. And of course, WWE is an incredibly classy company. They wouldn't do that intentionally, of course. <laughs> However. Yeah, Matt Morgan, as decent as he was elsewhere, this here, stuttering Matt Morgan, it's referred to as Hall of Lame You Go, pal. Bye-bye. I think rightfully so. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So then, Hall of Lame completed for this week. Shall we have a little look on Twitter and see what people have been sending us this week, Shah? Yes. Okie doke. What we've got here is our non-wrestling topic. Uh, the tweets will not be appearing on screen this week, probably because I don't know how to do it. And I had a chance of tinkering around with StreamYard and everything to try and figure out how to do it. And eventually I just thought, ah, you know, it's fine. You can look at our beautiful faces, or Charles at least. <laughs> our non-wrestling topic this week was basically looking at the best and worst places you have been. And this is very much inspired by... Uh, my time in York, I bloody loved the place. It was right, it was mm. right on my street. All the all the old buildings, the the, the pubs, and oh, I, I loved it. So it got me thinking. Okay, I had a great time here, but you get you know holidays, day trips, football away days. Um, you you go to a gig in some little dingy club or concert venue. Uh, you go to a restaurant that's crap or a pub that's rubbish. Any of those. Great places you've been, rubbish places you've been. And we had quite the response from quite a few members of the CWF. I'll do as I normally do, Shat, and just read them through on Twitter as we uh, as we go. Feel free to jump on in at any time if you, you want to add anything to the conversation or call somebody a moron. <laughs> I would never, unless it's you. Well, yeah, unless it's me, of course. We start with our good friend, Dan Griffin, at DanGriffin21 on Twitter. He says, the most amazing place he's been is China got sent there on a work trip and did four cities, Beijing, Zhan, I guess that is. So I'm, I'm not even going to try because I'm going to butcher all those. And Shanghai. In eight days, ticked off two bucket list things in visiting the Great Wall and the Terracotta Warriors, and the whole trip blew my mind. Amazing place and people. I mean, that would be a spectacular place to visit, wouldn't it? 
Oh, 100%. That sounds incredible. Yeah, I mean, I've never been abroad, as, as you are now, and as I've mentioned on the show a few times. Um, but certain places I look at, I, mean, I would love to have the opportunity to go there. And, and China's one that I look at and go, that does look incredible. I'm a little yeah. concerned about some of the laws there. And like, if I did something wrong accidentally, I'd be thrown in some Chinese prison. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but this is also you, and you're very... Um, well, there's only one way to say it. You're very anal when it comes to that sort of thing. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. And you will <laughs> research the crap out of everything just to make sure you're not doing that. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. But I, I'd probably, I'd be so stressed out about doing something daft and getting, I don't know, shot by some Chinese mafia man or thrown in some Chinese prison <laughs> or something. You know, so you're probably right. I would be looking into it greatly to prevent that happening. Uh, Dan Griffin continues. And this is quite funny, you know, Mr. Mags, forever in our thoughts, my friend. We love you a bit. But he says, the worst place I've been is Paddyham, a shithole town near Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but Magsy hates Paddyham as well. So <laughs> he says, there are no redeeming qualities to that place. And the only place I've seen grown adults want to start a fight at a child-friendly wrestling show. It's the embodiment of the saying, grim up north. Yeah, that does. I've, I've heard plenty of things about Paddyham from people in the chat and Maxi himself, and uh, it's not great. It's like the the tracksuit wearing Jeremy Kyle brigade, if you can sort of picture that. Mm, but a whole, it a whole sounds like, wonderful. It does. It does. Uh, the other half of the Council of Dan's, our good buddy Scottish Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter. Are you doing, Dan? Great to hear from you again, my friend. It says, best place, Charfont St. Peter. It's a beautiful village. Nice people and a really safe area. I plan to move there someday. Okay, cool. Uh, worst place, Stratford Picture House Cinema. Rude staff, terrible broken wooden seats and overpriced food. Yeah, that's fair enough. So I don't go to the cinema very often, Shah. You know, and I was trying to explain to Dan, um, Dan Griffin about our cinema. Because he was telling us how wonderful his cinema was. They got armchairs and they bring you pizzas and all sorts. And I was like, is our cinema good? I mean, you go quite regular. Is our cinema okay? It's, it's better than it used to be, and the seat space is a tiny bit better. I mean, I'm probably twice the size since they've redone it, but the seat size is a little bit better, and you you don't feel as squished in. Okay. But, again, it's that thing of you, neither me or you don't tend to go to the cinema a lot, but the one in Cheltenham does tend to have that. That has the service where you can they can bring your drinks to you, they'll bring food to you. Okay. I, I just don't like driving to Cheltenham, so I'll just happily put up with the crap in Gloucester. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was trying to figure out w- over the weekend, the last time I went to the cinema, and I think it was when me and you went to go see Dallas Buyers Club. Was the last time I went? Probably was. And that's pushing 10 years now. That's it's not 10 years, is it? I think so. It's like probably nine years, maybe, something like that. Oh, I think God, it I is. No. Look at that whilst I read out the tweet from uh, at UTT Rob from the awesome UTT podcast. He says here, worst football away games. He had coins thrown at him at Burnley and Notts County. I suppose people in Burnley would want us part of their money, to be fair. You cheeky bastard. <laughs> uh, a, group, a group of fans tried, thankfully, unsuccessfully to roll his car over at Leeds. Why? I'm, I don't know. I'm assuming he means he was in it and trying to leave, and they were going to roll the car over. That would have been, that would have been terrifying. Yeah, yeah, that definitely. Been, oh, that would have been horrific. Um, worst stadiums. Rob continues. It's improved now. He puts in brackets, but the Blackpool away end was just a muddy incline. You'd slide down in the rain, and there was no roof on the toilet at Barnsley. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> no roof. 
How can you have a toilet at a sporting venue with no ceiling, no roof? How can that be allowed? Well, maybe it's just open air, like when you go to a festival. I don't know. Ah, ventilation, look, in case these stinky fat blokes go into Barnsley, you know, <laughs> they need to get the air. Maybe, maybe. That makes a lot of sense, now. That makes a lot of sense. We had a bit more from Dan Griffin at DanGriffin21 on Twitter. He says the best sporting event he been, he's been to was when his dad got a box at Wembley for Joshua versus Klitschko fight. Went down to London at 24 hours notice between shifts at the hospital and the hospitality was immense. And the atmosphere was incredible. One of the best things he's ever done. That um, oh, that would be incredible, wouldn't it? I've never seen a boxing that fight be, live. Yeah. No, I don't think I have. Hmm. No, I don't, it's that, that, that's the way to do it though isn't it to get a box and do it properly yeah I'd be I'd be concerned about if you I suppose it's the same as when you buy the pay-per-views with boxing and, and UFC as well to a degree you spend this amount of money to, to go and it could be over in 15 seconds I mean the, also the big problem with both of us I'm not just going to say you because I know it is both of us is we both like to sit in our seat and have the best view in front of our telly mm. so that we don't miss anything yeah this is true this is true i did go to wembley and have a box it was wembley arena that no it wasn't wembley it was the o2 but it's still london so oh yeah um to see iron maiden and we had a box there me, me and my mate ash and so on and that was fantastic that was that, you know i liked getting down the front when i could when i was a bit younger maybe but that's the way now i'm a bit older that's the way to do it watching these bands up in a box with all the free beer and food that, that's the way to do it i think it's a good way to do life, is it? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Food. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Uh, Dan says here the best spot, well, that's the one I've just read. The worst stadium he's been to is Blundell Park, Grimsby Town. Dated is being coined. He said he can't get, you can't get a beer there. Toilets are from about 100 years ago, and the seats feel like they're partially melted last century. But at least the Grimsby fans are a good laugh. Yeah, that's a big thing is when, when the fans are a, the, the fans are a decent laugh, you know? Mm. Again, it's people that can make something better mm. than what it is. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And you're chanting back and forth, having a bit of fun. I mean, especially now football, it is a family thing now, isn't it? It's not like back in the 80s mm. or the 70s when it was all about, you know, the, the lads and scrapping and all that sort of stuff. It, it is, you know, you see so many young kids at uh, the football. It is good that the atmosphere isn't, the way it once was, I suppose, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Connor on the chat here says, and it's, it's brilliant timing because we're literally about to come to Connor's uh, messages to us as well. Connor says, that's why I watch UFC and boxing shows through legal means. He puts in speech box <laughs> here at my chain wrestling means. Yes. Yeah, by legal means with the air quotes uh, here at chain wrestling. We do not ever condone illegal streaming in any way, shape or form. However, no, pay-per-view costs is fucking ridiculous. I mean, get away with it, crack on. <laughs> well, you go to someone else's house and you let them take the risk. Well, yeah. Yeah, good shot. Good shot. You know, a little nod to my sister there. Thanks a lot, Hayes. Um <laughs> <laughs> Not that she's ever, ever no, done no, that no, 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 that may be watching. No, 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 no. Listening. Listening, yeah. Um, Connor Knows Stuff at Connor Knows on Twitter. He says here, uh, he sent it via DM because he, the tweet wouldn't send properly on the timeline. And that's always an option as well for everybody in the CWF or anyone listening for the very first time. If you can't, if, if there's too much to your story or your answer to our non-wrestling topic to get it across to us in a tweet, feel free to DM me at SJP words or DM the show at chain underscore wrestling. You can also find us on Facebook and send us a message there. Um, we do have an email 
but I'm not going to lie. I set it up when the show first started about a year ago. Can't remember what it is, but I'll dig it out and I'll let you all know. Uh, but we've never had one email arrive in. So yeah, that's the best you way know, to go. You don't know what it is. No, I've got, <laughs> I, I, got <laughs> I know I check it every now and again. And it comes up with notifications and I'll open it and all it is is just bloody adverts. So, so I suppose we have had stuff come in, just people trying to sell us, you know, the uh, Russian wide and dick bills. So just uh, just for the record there on the subject of dms feel free to not slip into my dms if you want to message the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> people trying to sell you a russian wife and dick pills <laughs> like we get that's all the chain wrestling email account is full of uh connor says my favorite football experience had to be my first ever crew match in july of last year the atmosphere is absolutely fantastic the fans are loud and the staging is breathtaking yeah that's brilliant and i'm always intrigued when you get people who live in the States going to watch their local MLS teams and how, cause it's, you know, the soccer, I guess is how they refer to it as is done a little bit different over there. The atmosphere and the way they approach sports is different over there. So I find it quite interesting when we get people such as Connor uh, and, and Tanner as well, you know, our radio techers uh, buddy going to games in the States and they sort of let us know how it happens and you watch videos of these games and, you know, so I, f- I find that really, really interesting, you know? Yeah. yeah. Different cultures, I guess. I was just about to say, yeah, different cultures. It's, it's good to see mm. how different cultures do things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have here Steve-O, at Total Steve-O on Twitter. And Steve-O, as always, has sent in quite a bit here, which is brilliant. We really appreciate it, Steve-O. It's awesome. He says, this is a tough one, but I've been to a lot of Nando's across the safe. The worst is Exeter City Central. I couldn't get my words out then. The worst is Exeter City Central. Always pre-cooking the chicken, and then it's always burnt. Avoid this Nando's, he says. Fair enough. A pure gym near him is the worst gym on the planet. The most unhygienic, uncleaned place you'll ever see. No matter how many times he's complained, he'd always get a generic email telling him how their hygiene was a top priority. It was a disgrace, and I just stopped going in the end. I actually had a lot of my videos I took of the place taken from a large gym fail YouTube account. So being unhygienic at a gym, is that like wipe, I suppose wiping the machines down and stuff? It's, yeah, I mean, it's not just wiping the machines down, though, is it? It's, it's the area surrounding the machines as well, because it, wiping the machines down is one thing, but you're not going to stand there and scrub it. That's not your job. You wipe down what you touch. But what about the floor and everything surrounding it? And Pure, if I remember rightly, I, I'm th- I'm pretty sure pure gyms do have a shower. Okay, the showers need cleaning. The toilets need cleaning. The water mm. fountain needs cleaning. Yeah, I didn't even think of any of that. So I wouldn't know because I mean, the last time I went into a gym was about 15, 20 years ago. And it I was, was going to say, what... extends that fifteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> We've been together um... thirteen years, and I don't ever recall you even speaking about it. No, no, no. But I, I only went in there literally because I made a mistake and thought it was a bar. <laughs> <laughs> but legit, I thought it was a bar. Uh, Steve-O continues, living in London, it's amazing how certain football grounds made out to be in amazing areas. Yet in reality, in his opinion, they're stuck in the middle of shitholes. He says he doesn't particularly like Wembley area. Emirates, Brentford, Tottenham, god-awful areas, in fact, which is really interesting to me. He says also, when he's visited various London stadiums, Tottenham was by far the biggest shithole. <laughs> he said he didn't feel comfortable walking around the area at all. Interesting. 
And Steve was not a small fella. I mean, I'd imagine Steve, I'm not saying he's, he's, you know, rough and tumble and enjoys scrapping or anything like that. But you look at Steve and I imagine he'd be more than comfortable handling himself and looking after himself. So if he's not feeling comfortable, that's a bit of a concern, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he says here that the McDonald's was also disgusting. <laughs> oh, dear. Talking of which, Ox- Oxford Circus McDonald's is appalling. Yet, ironically, before closed down, Marble Arch, which is on exactly the same street, was one of the best McDonald's. Fair enough. That is strange, isn't it? Why would they do that? If one was terrible, one was good, they were on the same street. Sure, you could just chop and change the, sh- the, 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 the staff a little bit. Get them both up to par. The worst bus service, Steve says he's experienced up here, is the Sifal to Shepherd's Bush. Just a single decker, yet half the population <laughs> of London use it at peak time. Do they make it a more regular service? Nah, why would they? Again, numerous complaints. Bizarrely, one day they responded on Twitter of all places and told me to email my concerns. When Steve-O did this, the email didn't work, which is fantastic. He said he's been to hundreds and hundreds of gigs from a dingy pub to the Cardiff International Arena, but off the top of his head, and this one is quite interesting, Sharon, because we've been to this venue. Off the top of his head, the O2 in Bristol, he's not a fan of. So that'd be the, the old academy okay, in Bristol. I can understand that. He says, I just find it unaccommodating for anyone, whether it's upstairs or down. Finally, the area I live now, despite being ev- evidently being surrounded by money, i.e. houses worth anywhere between 600000 and to over a million, the area is actually a shithole. Fly tipping everywhere. No one clears the dog mess up. Rubbish dumped everywhere. Stinks of piss. And most places you go, yet of course... Things of piss, most places you go, sorry. Yeah, of course, because people are driving around in their BMWs, Mercedes, Porsches, etc., they think they're the kings and queens, yet they're driving through shit, and it's embarrassing. Interesting. Sounds delightful. Mm, it does, doesn't it? Posers, mm. I suppose, in those whole cars, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, the, the O2 Academy in Bristol. We've done a few gigs there, haven't we? Which one's the O2? Is that the one that's by the little bridge thing? It's got the balcony at the top, like a second floor at the top. Yes, 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 I know which one it is. Did we see Pop Evil there? We did. We did see Pop Evil there, but was that the smaller one? Was that in like Academy 2 maybe or something like that? But it was the same venue, yeah. I took I took, I took, took the lad to see Saxon there. Did you come to Saxon? Yeah, I'm sure, no, no, I didn't, but it is the same place, yeah, because okay. yeah, cause Pop Evil wasn't headlining, was they? It was that other band that I can't even remember. Oh, of course, yes. I was thinking of Pop Evil headlining and playing somewhere different, yeah. No, you're right, Pop Evil were the support. And then we ended up drinking with the with Poppy Ball. Yeah, yeah. We ended up drinking with them whilst the main band were on. Mm-hmm. And they and the guitarist kept buying me tequila. And I'm not a fan of tequila at all. That was that was not good. But there we go. Yeah. So so I, I, I didn't mind that, but then you've also taken me to I always we literally had a conversation about it not that long ago and I still can't remember where it was, where we saw Black Label. Now, that was a proper shitty little venue. Right, that was Birmingham, wasn't it? That was that was about ten years ago for my birthday, wasn't it? Seeing Black Label Society. Yeah, so like maybe that. longer than that. Uh, the Institute, I think it was called. Is that right? Yeah, that place was awful. Real low ceiling, and it got really hot in there, didn't it? The yeah. ceiling was insanely low. I mean, you say low ceiling, that was incredibly low. Like, mm. I, like I could reach it, and I'm not exactly tall. Mm, yeah no that's right and it gets very hot in there and yeah yeah i know what you mean 
the, uh, the Fetler in Bristol. That's a great venue. Little, uh, little. I don't boat. think I've ever actually been to that one. No, I haven't. I know I haven't. Mm, I saw the choir boys there, and I saw therapy oh, there. I have been then. The choir boys are fantastic. Don't you start on that nonsense. <laughs> but it's great because it's a boat. It's awesome. Andy and Bang Bang will, will know this. He's probably been to the Fetler loads of times. Like, well, in fact, I know he has. I've heard him talk about it on Bang Bang podcast. So, yeah, there we go. I'm up in uh, Bristol, by the way, Andy. End of October. Going to see Skid Row. If you fancy emptying a couple of jars with me, mate, we'll catch up. End of October sometime. That'd be great. Uh, the Morty and Fitch pod. This is from Fitch. He says here, the best holiday he had was New York with a wife years ago when we were child three and carefree. Great food, great views, great atmosphere. The worst was Disneyland Paris. Everyone was just too damn happy. <laughs> is that a reason to hate something? Uh, maybe. I, mean, I, I couldn't be doing all the forced smiling all the time, you know? You know, a miserable goofy and an upset kid or like a Daffy Ducks out there looking all depressed or whatever. You're in you know? Disneyland. You're, what was he expecting? Like miserable parents and happy children? Like... I'm well, 40 years old and I'd be happy as a pig in shit if I went there. Mm. Yeah, it would be. I mean, I could think of places I would rather go than Disneyland, especially now our kids yeah. are a bit older, you know, but yeah, I suppose. Uh, Fitch says here, the worst restaurant by far was, t- was a TGI Fridays that tried to tell him, <laughs> brilliant, tried to tell him his chicken was meant to be pink in the middle. Oh. <laughs> That's nice. It's supposed to be like that. Stop being so bloody fussy. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then you're you know, puking up for the rest of the night. Fantastic. Your stomach is supposed to clench after you've eaten it. <laughs> you're supposed to fire out of liquid out of both ends, you know. <laughs> oh, spicier the better. Um, <laughs> Millwall Chris, finally, via the Twitter DMs, uh, at Millwall Chris 1 on Twitter. He says... One of the best, luckiest, stroke luckiest holidays he had was when he was about 21 in Kalalonga, I think is how you pronounce that, on the island of Ibiza. He said he and his girlfriend were there for two weeks, but the apartments we were staying in were seriously overbooked. At the end of the first week, their rep asked if we would consider leaving their room because they could probably get a group of six or eight in there and move to another accommodation because it was just the two of them. That accommodation ended up being a luxury catamaran that cost catamaran. around... Yeah, what's that? It's like a boat, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was like... That, that cost around, bloody hell, $30,000 a week to hire and was moored in the Ibiza tank. It took him about two minutes to decide. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Every day, it sailed out to the Med. We could stay in town if we wanted to instead. All meals were cooked by a private chef. Only 10 of them on board. Wow, that sounds amazing. That sounds incredible. Oh, man, I'd love that. Uh, football away days, more Chris continues. I have two. Hull City away in May 1988, the season we got promoted to the top division for the only time in our history. Felt like we had more fans than they did. <laughs> Brilliant. That's great when you take so many away that you outnumber the home fans. That's awesome. And he also says here, the FA Cup semi-final at Old Trafford versus Sunderland. Spent the weekend in Manchester. Who would have ever thought that little Millwall would beat Sunderland and end up playing Man United in the cup final? Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's true. I was, I was, I was coming back. That's, that's 18 years now, is it? Uh, yeah, 18 years. I remember that very well because United, United won 4-0 on the day. Dennis Wise was involved with Millwall at the time, I think. But 
yeah, there we go. That is basically everything we have from our non-wrestling topic this week. So thank you to everybody for getting in contact and uh, sending in messages, DMs, tweets to the show. It's hugely appreciated as always. Uh, Should we have a little look in the chat, Sha, before we talk some graps? Yeah. We haven't done ours, though. You're saying that. We haven't done ours. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Oh, you're right. You're right. Look at that. You've been on the show. I wouldn't say not even once. You've been on the show less than an hour, and you're already more organised than me. This is why Magsy's... Because I've got a list in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go. Best, worst, etc., etc., from ourselves. See, I kind of set myself up there because I'm a bit sort of like stumped on this one because it's that thing of, you know, are you talking places or are you talking people or experiences? Because... To me, everything's different. You know, the be- one of the best places you've been is different to somewhere you've been with a group of people. You know, this weekend, I mean, York was an amazing place anyway. Let me mm. just sort of put that out there. But this weekend, being surrounded by book people, that's that's me living my best life. But it's not me with my family. Yeah, okay. So it's that thing of, you know... I look at things like that and like best places, best places is to be with family, but also people you have a good time. Um, going just quickly going back to this weekend, um, Nicole and Kelsey, who I've known less than a month within that time, I've grown an insane bond with. And again, they contributed hugely to Saturday night and my experience Saturday night, because if it wasn't for them two, I don't think I would have had as good a time as I did. So mm-hmm. kind of leading into that, do you know what I mean, I could have had the same, been in the same location, but it was the people who made it. That's what I'm trying to yeah. get at, if that makes yeah. sense. Well, and that does make a lot of sense, because sometimes... Uh, you, you can be in a shitty pub with some great people and it makes it makes an awesome night and yeah i know exactly what you mean sure yeah i mean as for worst um i think our holiday in torquay is right up there for worst places oh my god i completely forgot about that this is going as this is going as my worst one as well i totally forgot about this yeah c- carry on this is horrific that holiday was one of the worst holidays we've had and it's one of those real surreal moments where you think it's almost written in the stars that certain things happened. Like we were going, we went to Torquay to a park Dean site Mm -hmm. and bizarrely I packed Dettol, which I don't normally pack when we go on holiday, but it was in the cupboard. So I just shoved it in the box and I thought, Oh, do you know what? It's fine. If I don't use it, we'll bring it back. Not a problem. We went through that bottle of Dettol and probably two more because the my friend, my best friend was getting married. That was the point of us going. It basically ended up that I was the only one who went to the wedding because everyone kept being sick. Mm-hmm. It was literally the holiday of sick. Every day, a different person was throwing up and it took us pretty much until the end of the holiday to figure out that it was their cooking but literally anything they cooked, not just, oh, a specific food, anything they cooked on location made us ill. Mm. 
and that yeah. was one of the worst holidays because we didn't we wasn't relaxing we wasn't relaxing because our kids kept throwing up which meant like my sister-in-law Sai's sister wasn't relaxing because she's stressing about her kids who if they're sick they end up in hospital if our kids are sick they're sick we clean it up they move on if her kids are sick they're in hospital yeah that's not yeah. a cool way to spend a holiday so it was just stressful all round and just so like, the worst just like in prison weren't we effectively we couldn't go anywhere yeah. we were in this tiny little apartment and we're basically one one toilet for the kids to throw up in and you're sort of i, I remember plotting um <laughs> pathways from each kid's bedroom with okay. nothing in the way and then making sure the kids at night knew because they had no warning they were going to be sick and they have a quick sharp pain in their stomach and boom mm -hmm. it was there and i was getting so tired of cleaning that puke it just seemed like that's all i was doing so i, I literally do you remember i was just I, I got them to jump out of bed and run to the bathroom so they knew the route and all this sort of stuff just to make sure yeah you know, like, like some sort of really weird vomit drill sergeant i suppose <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. on, go 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 well done anya brilliant you got to the toilet fantastic liam your turn go 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 you know just making sure you know i'm fair play the, the kids were great even though they were really ill but yeah, oh, man, I, I totally forgot about Torquisha. That, wow, that, that was horrific. Paid hundreds and hundreds of pounds to travel miles to clean up puke and come home again. Yeah, and, and everyone miss my best friend's wedding mm. that I was bridesmaid and everyone was too poorly at home to even make it. Oh, that was awful. Yeah, I remember that was crap. Oh, man, totally. Um, it's going to be no surprise to you, Sha, that my favorite is treco bay i bloody love oh, that place God, yeah, i knew he was gonna say that i love treco bay so much it's just but, but again i come back to the point i made is that the location or is it the fact that we go there as a family because we went to ruda and we had a fantastic time in ruda i think i preferred ruda if i'm honest oh do you okay as a well, as a holiday and a location yes I understand why you say Treco Bay because that's the place we go back to. Yeah, I love. I just love the way that at Treco Bay we can walk out the caravan and the the, the sea is there, you know. And it's and there's so many like because we've been so many times, there's so many memories there. Like like our lives, you know, going into the wrong caravan and being greeted by a little Asian dude doing the washing up and freaking out and stuff, you know, just just all that sort of stuff. I love it. I just love Treco Bay. It's a fantastic place. It's absolutely awesome um york i've loved as well that was great this weekend i can't wait to go back and uh, go around the place properly with dan rather than you know being i suppose semi-ignorant on my part and sitting just in the rock pub because it was awesome <laughs> how far away oh god i'm gonna sound so ignorant i'm so sorry how far away is sheffield from york no idea i don't know if anyone in the chat can help us out with that any of our northern friends maybe can let us know but it can't be too far i don't think but Again, oh, no, I, say, I, don't, I don't think it's too far. I say that I can't be too far. I think I've got no idea. I don't know why I came out with that comment then. <laughs> See, this is it. I may be the driver, but we, anyone who's been in the car with me knows what my direction skills are like. Mm. I only go where the sat nav tells me to go and I pay no attention on the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Uh, bad for me. Uh, there's a couple of away games with Gloucester city because of the level of football they were playing at uh, forest green rovers. Now maybe well-funded by some guy who forces veggie burgers on people and so on. But before this money came in from that dude, that place was a hole. 
it was an absolute dump. Cinderford time was terrible as well, out in the sticks, and it genuinely felt like, you know, it, the, the, the most of their fans had married their sisters, and they were all going to like cut cut us up in the woods and stuff. It was not a great place. And Aston is one of the nastiest places I've been to. But this again, this it might be nice now. It may, may very well be nice now. But a friend of mine was at uni in Aston, so you're going back twenty odd years. I went up there to stay a couple of nights and, and go out on the piss with him and stuff. And it was not a nice place at all. It was rough as hell. But yeah, Treco Bay. I go out to Treco Bay time and time again. Shall I love it? Yeah, I and again I would. But it's like I said. I think it's more the the, the amount of times we've been there with the family. Mm. I mean the about sixty miles and an hour drive. Sorry, that's the. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's in the Sheffield. Yeah. and york okay oh, thanks thank you very much, much cheers then. thank you for that thank you um that's probably a bit much then isn't it mm-hmm. i just have to make a separate time to go to york and pick a separate weekend that's fine that's not a problem yeah we'll figure out we'll figure out we'll quickly jump into the chat then before we talk a little bit of wrestling shall we uh we have nothing because i pressed the wrong button there it is okay uh-huh <laughs> it's gonna happen it's gonna happen we have scottish danny here saying he has been to that Oxford Circus McDonald's. It's truly awful. And Dan Griffin saying that he's uh, he's been to that Macca's as well. It's like watching animals fling shit at each other in the zoo. Brilliant stuff. That's That's like some places in Gloucester, I think, are like that, to be fair. Um, where are we? Scottish Danny also a little while back here saying, Sai in a Chinese prison would be a great documentary. <laughs> it's not something I want to watch. <laughs> Because I'd either get mad or upset. I imagine it could be humorous for other people. Yeah. How, you know, but then I've also been told, you know, me doing certain, you know, technology aspects of things being filmed would make a, a good documentary by people in the CWF as well, because they seem to think that I could get frustrated and cross and it'd be very, very funny. So you do get frustrated and cross a lot. Oh, take your drugs, Sha. Sorry. That's, oh, <laughs> I thought I stopped it. That's for anyone wondering, um, I take uh daily tablets for my migraines. Not that they seem to be doing much at the moment, but you know. Take your pills. <laughs> can I just can I just go back to something that I said I mm-hmm. do? It's a visual, so again I apologize, but for anyone wondering that look at that. Don't we make a great couple? <laughs> for people on the for people on the podcast audio version later in the week my wife is showing a showing a picture of her stood next to a man who is not me and declaring wouldn't they make a nice couple so with that in mind i think it's about time to talk some wrestling <laughs> uh, let's get ready to rumble! Okay, wrestling-wise then, uh, my selection won the poll, which I'm very, very happy about. Thank you so, so much to everybody who voted. Uh, I put forward the main event from In Your House 16, Canadian Stampede, and it's a 10-man tag match between the Hart Foundation, which was Brian Pillman, uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, Owen Hart, the British Bulldog, and, of course, Brett the Hitman Hart, and they were facing... I suppose a team we would refer to as Austin's team. They didn't really have a name, I guess, but they were a group of people who were effectively baby faces in the States, but here they were very much booed. And that is Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ken Shamrock, Goldust, 
and the Legion of Doom. Quite an odd mix-matched team there. Quite an odd combination, I think. But yeah, there we go. This was the July the 6th, 1997 In Your House event. A little bit of background. It's from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So right in the middle of heart country, hitman country. And oh, a little bit more background information, I suppose. I believe this is the last WWE event, pay-per-view event, that only lasted two hours. The next In Your House event was stretched to three hours. And then it, it, they turned into ordinary pay-per-views not long after that. So we went into three hours plus from there. So yeah, two hour pay-per-view. Obviously they charged a lower rate with it being a smaller show. So I suppose it's a bit different here because I'm talking to someone who may not have seen some aspects of WWE or WWF at this time or certain aspects of certain shows around this time. So I'll probably ask questions here about things in the, in the mindset of you may not have seen them before. I mean, this event yeah. here, have you seen any of this before? No. I mean, no? I did, when I put it on, I did have, because I know what you do. I know your routine when you do these matches. I know it's not just a case of you have just watched the match one and done. I know you tend to research things as well. And I was really tempted to do things like watch any interviews, research it. And I thought, now nah, you can do that. So I just watched the match, basically. <laughs> okay, no problem. <laughs> Fair enough. We get a really cool intro at the beginning of the show. The, the, the time in the WWE here, WWF here, is... It, we've had the Austin Bret Hart double turn, I guess, in at WrestleMania. So Austin now is the anti-hero, getting cheers, etc. Bret Hart, who is normally the fan favorite, is very anti-American, and he's just come back from over two months out with a knee injury, where he has been uh, booed, you know, getting himself booed by cutting promos, very anti-American, uh, anti-American promos saying how great Canada is and how terrible the States is. If they cheer for a guy like Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, who swears and drinks beer and, and all this sort of stuff. So we've got that weird dynamic of Brett very much turning heel, reforming the heart foundation as a heel faction. And then Austin who always worked as a bad guy, I guess is very much the baby face. But then when we go over the border here into Canada and to be fair in a lot of other places as well, elsewhere to the states brett is a superhero they adore bret hart because you know obviously he's canadian elsewhere in the world as well like the uk Brett still got a good reception germany bret hart still got a really good reception when they did european tours there i, I suppose these countries are not fans of the united states either potentially but um, <laughs> no, because they knew bret hart's my dad so that's why ah uh, yes very true very but true. i can't speak for the germans maybe he's got more kids over there Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if uh, anyone in the chat, we've told the story before briefly, but uh, do you want to spell it out for anyone who's new to the show, Shah? What happened there with regards to Bret Hart being your dad? What, just just the edited version, I suppose. Growing up, my um, when we used to buy the stickers, my mum, when I was really young, put a sticker of Bret Hart in her wallet. Always said, that's your dad. That's your dad there. Literally to the point where it's like, I'm not saying I believed it, but it did stick and it, it, you know, it was a thing to the point where I tell other people he was my dad. Cause my dad wasn't around my biological father. So I'd just be like, yeah, that's my dad. So it's literally that. And even to the point where we say it to the kids, Oh look, there's grampy there. <laughs> yeah. I got a signed picture of grampy on my wall. <laughs> I, effectively we have this cool visual package done 
very stripped back, very simple. It's in black and white, and it's talking of the change in the mood in in the WWF. The, the fans, the change in, I suppose, for want of a better term, the change in attitude, the, the comments of it's not as simple as black and white. There's lots of shades of grey. Who is this? Oh, Adam Cole in your wallet. Sorry, I'm just showing the visual. I've got a picture of Adam Cole in my... <laughs> yeah, but you can't, don't you get telling my daughters that that's their dad wound. No, I've not done that. <laughs> uh, that to be fair, our, our, our girls, even Charlie, who's 12, is probably taller than Adam Cole. <laughs> well, that don't take much either, mind. Oh, for goodness sakes. Who do you think I am, my mum? <laughs> yeah, your mum is a munchkin. Um, Just, yeah. Yeah, this, this video package, very, very well done, explaining the difference of what's going on and, and the you know, little quotes like black and white. It's not as simple as that anymore. There's shades of grey. Good people do bad things. Bad people do good things and so on. And we're very much accelerating into the Attitude Era and what would be Austin's era. I mean, this is July 97. Next year, I suppose you want to go into next year, next summer, we we have um, Austin in full flow by this stage. You know, Austin's the main guy, fully fledged, etc. The Nation of Domination are around as well. Um, we have The Rock sort of progressing into more of the character that we will go on to know as The Rock. So, yeah. Yeah, huge developments here in the WWF, as I'm sure you will know from listening to A Change in Attitude with Magsy, Scottish Danny, Tanner and Ori, uh, looking back through the Attitude era of the WWF one show at a time, seeing it's looked back through rose-tinted glasses or not. It's always worth a listen. Go and check that show out. The intros then, Sharon, bring in everybody out one by one. I mean, first of all, I love that. I love the fact that they're not bringing out, they're not playing one theme and bringing out a whole team. I love the fact and that everyone... And they gave them time as well. Yes, yeah. It wasn't rushed. It didn't feel rushed. No, no, no. I mean, I suppose when I skip forward to the match and you've got the little tab at the bottom, haven't you, telling how long of the show is left. And yeah. it came out like 45 minutes of the show. And I'm thinking, bloody hell, this is going to be a long old match then. But the introductions take up a big chunk of that, I suppose, don't they? But you're right. It, it, it has, there's, they're given plenty of time for this. It is, it is really good. Everyone gets their own individual entrance. What What were your thoughts here on the entrances, The, I suppose, the, the people involved in the match? But more so, I guess, the reactions that these people are getting. Because, as I said, WWE refers to this as Bizarro World because people they want cheered get booed and vice versa. I literally wrote down, obviously, because I wanted to watch this match separate from you, which I told you, because I said to you, any conversation we have, I want to be authentic, not one we've already had. Yeah. And I I even wrote down on my notes, like the booze for Austin and the cheers for like the, the hearts was mm-hmm. insane. It, it was literally like, and I, I get why they were saying what they were saying, because obviously we weren't supposed to be, going that way i can understand the cheers for the hearts because they're in canada of course they're going to get cheered it's just the nature of the beast but the booze the extreme booze for austin when he came out was insane yeah it was good wasn't it? and it was for me it was kind of weird because the people before austin i mean austin was red hot here he's, he's in like some of the most important feuds of of well the history of wrestling at the bret hart feud this is effectively the end of the bret hart feud he continues with owen after the fact but the 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 bret austin thing is kind of it kind of coming to a conclusion at this this event but 
that draw, that draws heat wherever they're going. So Austin's getting these reactions. Everyone else in Austin's team, they're, they're not on his level. You know, as much as I love Dustin Rhodes, the Gold Dust character here in 97, it's nowhere near on Austin's level. Shamrock mm -hmm. became a big deal, but here he's nowhere near Austin's level. The Legion of Doom, of course, were huge monster megastars. But this is 1997. That that their stars faded dramatically. Dramatically, sorry. Drastically. What was that? That was me trying to say drastically. That was me trying to say drastically and dramatically That's at exactly word. the same time. Yeah, we're going to keep that. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> but the, the, the reactions for the reactions for everyone else. Goldust seems to get not much at all. Like just indifference. No real. No, there's a bit of noise, but nothing, yeah. nothing major. Uh, Shamrock had a few cheers and a couple of boos and so on. The Legion of Doom, I think, was the same as, as Shamrock. It was quite a mixed response, but a louder one because of who they yeah. are. Austin, though, booed to hell, as you said. Mm -hmm. So that was the difference in the, in their own team was quite dramatic for me. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then we get the Heart Foundation. <laughs> Brian Pillman coming. I mean, I, I wouldn't recognise Brian Pillman's music. But when Pillman's music hit and the crowd reacted to it, I had no idea who was who was coming out first. And then Pillman comes out with that mop of crazy hair and the wild mm -hmm. eyes and so on. And then and then it gets bigger for Neidhart. And then it gets bigger again for the Bulldog. And by this stage, you can't fully hear what the ring announcer is saying. And, and then Owen comes out and the place goes batshit crazy for, for, for Owen Hart. And you're thinking, oh, that's, that's Pete. That can't get no more. And yeah. then Brett comes out. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, what did you what did you think of the reaction for Brett and, and just I mean I'm not gonna lie, how fucking cool did that guy look? The um, wrong person to ask, really, because regardless of my personal connection with him, I, I was a fan of Brett Hart, always have been, always will be. Um but it, it's like you said, the the reaction group. I was it's this sounds wrong, but I thought the Bulldog's reaction was massive as well. Yeah. Um that kind of struck me, probably more so than Owens or Brett's, because I almost expected it for them. Oh, yeah, so, that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like it's a given yeah. for them too. But the Bulldog's reception is the one that sort of got me. And I was like, whoa, like they've really popped for him, mm. which which is nice. I again it's the Bulldog, isn't it? Being British, we're we're bang to like him. But I thought that was nice to see. Um, obviously, they wanted to make sure that we knew the link by bringing Diana Hart with him. Yes, the WWE are nothing but if not subtle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, so just make sure that there's a reason for this British person to be there. Mm, yeah, exactly. I mean, very Can quickly, I just ask, actually, in my ignorance then, I suppose, what was Pillman's link? I think he might have... Well, he played for the Calgary... American football team, the NFL team that was, I don't know if it's actually NFL or Canadian football league, it would be, wouldn't it? So yeah, the Canadian, he played for the Calgary, I want to say Calgary Stampeders was the name of the team. So he spent some time living okay. there. Um, he also had a feud with Austin. So I suppose it was kind of it's, that whole, it's, yeah. Yeah. Like whole Austin's got a gun scene was between Pillman and, and, and Austin and so on. So there's the link there. I, I'm, he may have trained a bit with the hearts in the dungeon, but I'm not hundred percent sure. That would that sound one. about right to be fair. Yeah. And very quickly, just to jump across into the chat here, we've got a message here from Matt Willis, just checking in saying he's had a bad mental health day today. 
Sorry he's not been about. You will catch the audio version later in the week. Matt, no problem, buddy. Thank you very much for checking in and saying hi. We love you a bit, pal. you got my number. You know where I am. Uh, thank you for checking out the audio version later in the week. Look after yourself. Love you, mate. Stay safe, okay? Um, we get. I went really quiet then. I'm sorry, Matt. I love you too. I was I was being visual then. I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. That works really well on the podcast version he's going to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I didn't twig and then I just thought, hang on, I'm sat here yeah, silent. You're sorry. sat there doing heart symbols with your hands. Which think, yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Now, I love you, Matt. Stay safe, my friend. Keep well, okay? We then get all five members from, from the both teams kind of pairing off with, I suppose, their somebody of a similar level on the opposition team and they kind of stand there and face to face. But to me, they kind of screw this up a bit because the camera can't get a good shot because they're not in line. You see it sometimes when, in modern times when you get Raw versus Smackdown and they all stand in a line. And it, you know, it, it gets quite a good visual for a moment. It's almost like they're going for that, but they're all over the place. They're not in a line, so you can't get a decent view of anyone. But luckily we get a camera view of Brett and Austin staring at each other. And I, Austin. Yeah, don't forget, in, in that first visual, you've got Animal literally stood. So from the hard cam, he's literally stood so that you yeah. cannot see them. And it's like, and well like, done there, well done. <laughs> and he's a big old lump of man, isn't he, covering that camera? Yeah, you, you can just see nothing. So yeah. that's why they shot to the other camera angle, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and Austin's always brilliant anyway. But Brett here is so good without doing anything. Austin's tilting his head and sort of talking to Brett. Brett is just, from you know, excuse the pun, but stone cold faced, staring Austin down with his hands almost tucked into his tights and just eyeballing his opponent, isn't he, Sha? Really good visual. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. The bell rings and everyone just leaves the ring and leaves Brett and Austin to it, which is, I suppose, on one hand weird because these two teams want to destroy each other. But on the other side of the coin... To me, it worked because you're then left with Austin and Brett, which is what everyone's really kind of here for on some level, I think. And they don't tie up like you would start a wrestling match. They just start fighting, don't they? <laughs> it's a mm -hmm. brawl right from the off shot. I think um, Brett being heel plays a huge part in that as well. Mm -hmm. you know, we're going back to the whole, like him sort of like with a stone cold stare and then the brawling. I think Brett being heel plays a massive part in that. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, and that's, that's a really interesting point, actually, because I know I've got further on, but we'll, we'll jump to it now. Yes, the Hart Foundation are, are super over good guys here. They're, they're the hometown heroes. They're getting incredibly insane responses from the crowd. Everyone, everyone is adoring everything. Literally anything they do gets a pop. Mm -hmm. But they're still wrestling as the heels. Yep. They're still they're still cheating. They're still raking the eyes. Um, I, I think at one stage Brian Pillman bites someone and then spits at somebody else. Yeah, I uh, yeah I made a note of that. I was like, well, in it Ken Shamrock. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah, you're spot on. And that to me is a, it's a really a really odd dynamic because mm -hmm. they are wrestling as the heels, and anywhere else that that would get a boo. But here, like, I mean, Pillman, you say there about it is with Shamrock. Shamrock's crazy popular in the States, but when he bites Shamrock and spits at him, the crowd pop like it's a near fall. It's, <laughs> it's so strange, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But to, but to me, that's the way it should be, because if you want them to be a heel, then be a heel. Don't be the good guy just because you're getting cheered. Mm, okay. So uh, me personally, I prefer that. Stay, stay in your lane, basically. Stay in the role you're meant to play. 
Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Not sort of changing how you work, I guess, just to see. Yeah, and I think it's great because, yes, the crowd are effectively chanting the wrong way, but mm. the viewer at home are still feeling like some kind of way because of how they're behaving. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I, I didn't watch this event. You mentioned the viewer at home. That's what kind of took my mind to this. I didn't watch this event live. I don't even really remember having it uh, having it recorded or anything like that around this time. I would have seen this many, many years later. I wonder what it would have been like for people watching it outside of Canada, Americans especially, I guess, watching this and hearing those reactions and what they what they thought of it. That, if anyone you know out there listening, anyone out there in the chat now, or maybe listening later on in the week to the podcast version, get in contact with the show and let us know your thoughts on that. If you did see this event and your reactions to it, I mean, oh, either side of the border, Canada, states, or even in Europe, let us know about the crowd reactions and how you you viewed them and, and sort of um, understood them at the time. I think I think that would be really fascinating to hear. I mean, you know, you know my the way I feel about things. I think there's nothing better than when a wrestler is out to make you feel a certain way and succeeds. Yes, especially especially from a heel point of view. If they're meant to be a heel, and you get that sort of like, oh my god, I hate him. However much in that moment where I'm hating them, obviously I don't like it. It's the after when I'm like, oh, do you know what? Fair play, they've done their job well because I hated them. Mm. Yeah, and okay. I, I I love that sort of thing, and you you know I do. I love it. Well, I mean, MJF is a good example. There are times when he does things, and we both sort of look at each other rather and go, "Oh my goodness, that was a bit," you know. But ultimately, but he's a piece of shit in life, though, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair he doesn't play a role because there's a camera on his face. I mean, again, yes, okay. There's always an argument if he's playing up to character, but he doesn't break role at all ever you no. don't see him suddenly put out a nice tweet because someone's like oh you really hurt my son's feelings because you did this he's like so fuck him i don't care yeah exactly and, and love him or hate him there's uh, you cannot but flipping laugh when you're older and you understand mm-hmm. i appreciate for kids it's probably a bit much but when you get it, it's that sort of thing of he is he is playing a part. We all know re- he's not really that way in life, and it's amazing and it works. Well, you hope anyway. You hope. <laughs> I really do hope. I really, really hope. Oh, uh, we then in the match we kind of get Austin and and Brett carry on the opening few minutes, and everything Brett does is greeted with a cheer. Everything Austin does is greeted with resounding boos, similar to you know the famous crowd reactions of Punk and Cena in that match they had and RVD Cena in the match they had at an ECW event as well. It's, it's, it's to that level. Mm. Everyone then kind of gets a turn, I guess, with yeah. with somebody else from the opposite team. There's quite regular tags and everyone has a few minutes to sort of get in the ring and do a bit. I mean, we, we have a bit with, with Shamrock and Jim Neidhart, which, to be honest felt a bit clunky, a bit clumsy at times. And I think a bit of that was down to Jim Neidhart, to be fair, which is um, Shamrock was very green at this stage. And as the more experienced pro, I would have assumed the anvil would have guided him through with his few minutes here, but it felt a bit clunky. The crowd are so into Brian Pillman though. Yeah. I mean, how brilliant was this guy? But he's a good looking guy as well though, wasn't he? 
So, yeah. you know, I think that goes a long way as well with things like that. Okay. But I mean, he's interrupting so much. There's, there's attempts at submission moves. There's attempts at pinfalls. That, and, and it's always Pillman. It's, it's almost like you know, everyone yeah. else is like, I'm, I'm not going to go break this up. I know Brian's going to get there. And, and Pillman is always the one who runs in the ring and disrupts what's going on. And every time he does it, again, effectively, if a heel tag team did this, they would be booed out the building. Every time he yeah. does it, the, the Calgary crowd go batshit mental for him. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. We get... Owen Hart and Goldust exchanging a few moves. They have a bit of a turn. There's loud Austin sucks chance during the, the exchange there between yeah. Owen and Gold. So even though you've got Goldust and Owen Hart working away in the ring, and Owen Hart will come to in a minute, but even though we've got that going on, the crowd are still fixated on how much they bloody hate Stone Cold Steve Austin, aren't they, hmm Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote a note here, like the crowd goes wild for the Owen tag. So when Owen gets yeah. tagged in... That, that was a huge pop. Mm, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll come to we'll come to Owen now, shall we? We'll talk about Owen now. Again, it comes from a standpoint of not really having a reason to ask you these questions in the past. I suppose have you seen much of Owen Hart's career? I mean, ultimately, we know it was cut incredibly short and, and tragically so. But have you seen much of Owen? Because I, in my head, I think when Owen was doing great stuff it was kind of the era where you said in the past you checked out for a little bit. Would you have caught um, much or? I did because I, I remember what like watching the event live when what happened to Owen happened. Oh, okay. So I would have been watching it then. Yeah. Um, because I, I was with my mum watching that and I, I remember it still quite vividly to this day and being a bit like, you know, what's going on? And, and, feeling the fear of that moment but anyway i digress sorry um can i do i think i know a lot of his career yes do i know a lot of his career in reality probably not probably not okay. half as much as i think i'm sure if i went back and just sort of tracked more things and looked at more matches i'm i'm pretty sure there's a lot i haven't seen right, but okay. I think it's just that age-old thing of, you know, that happened when I was younger. In your head, sometimes things are bigger than what they are. And in my head, I knew about Owen Hart. Mm -hmm. But I probably didn't. I probably don't know as much as I think. Ah, okay. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I always find it fascinating how how people sort of go in and out of wrestling and, and have different different time frames when they're a fan and when they're not a fan or if they just constantly watched or whatever and different sections they might have missed. And so I, mean, I find it amazing that there's people out there that we've spoken to on this show that have got into wrestling in a real dying era, you know, like the mid-2000s and so on. So they missed the whole Attitude Era and, and, and all this sort of stuff. And that, that fascinates me. It's like they're a new fan in an era where wrestling was losing viewers and so on. That All that sort of stuff absolutely fascinates me. But, but anyway, they don't know any better, though, do they? So I suppose no, no, that's true. That's they've true. not missed a certain thing because they never knew it existed. Mm. No, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. We we get a bit from the bulldog and hawk then, which is two great you know, power powerhouses really battling away. The bulldog does a the spectacular sort of delayed vert vertical suplex he does. Uh, which is always looks so good when the bulldog does that. Um, 
we, it, it just ends up being a bit of a mess after this because gold dust gets hung up in the corner. Mm. He's upside down. And again, very much heelish tactics. All five members of the heart foundation start beating him up and the crowd and get cheered for it. Yeah, exactly. And I was about to say the crowd go mental again for them blatantly just you know not giving a shit and breaking the sodding rules something that would yeah. normally require booze but you know oh just brilliant stuff uh the legion of doom bust out their their sort of assisted top rope clothesline the doomsday device on owen and then he has his knee worked over by steve austin as well owen hart and then we get the first real encounter from bruce hart on the outside and the whole Hart family is there. And there seems to be half of this stadium seems to be related to, to the Breton Owen somehow or another. So you got Stu there, you got Helen there, you got the other brothers there. But Bruce Hart is a really odd, unique character to me. Always so keen to get in front of a camera, always so keen to get involved. And he's, he's trying to hit wrestlers as they go by. And all this stuff, you know, is obviously pre-planned. But yeah, it comes across a little bit awkward to me when Bruce Hart tries to get involved, knowing how how bitter he is towards the WWE at certain times because of not being given a chance and so on. It comes, it's just a bit weird. The whole Bruce Hart thing is a bit strange for me, but there we go. See, you say that and I I don't disagree with you, but I have not got a clue what you're talking about. Ah, okay. Okay. No worries. What, uh, we'll, we'll no, I'm not expecting you to go into it now necessarily. Mm. It's, all, it's all to do with how, how Stampede Wrestling was bought out by Vince um okay. it, was, it was his dad's company and then they tried to restart it themselves years later when the wf were hugely popular and, and so on and brett and owen were always superstars and bruce felt like he stayed he stayed with his dad and tried to do stampede in canada rather than take an opportunity with the wwf and all this sort of stuff there's a lot there's a lot to it but he comes across a little bit like well what about me kind of attitude yeah the time. to what, me anyway yeah okay yeah yeah to me anyway Owen Hart is effectively eliminated from the match here for a short period because of the issues of his knee. Brett then starts working Austin's leg uh, and hits it with a fire extinguisher, which was fantastically ECW for the time, wasn't it? Um, and then does the and awesome as well. Didn't yeah. it? There was a proper like, yeah, when it exactly. Hit him. And it wasn't like, it, it didn't look like a little cheapo prop fire. It was like <laughs> a big metal. <laughs> it was a pretty, pretty you know, impressive object. He clocked in with, we then get the, the, the really always impressive, the figure four leg lock around the ring post, mm. which is a real Bret Hart stable, I think. I mean, I, I don't remember anyone doing that before Bret. I'm fairly certain he was the first. Um, uh, there could be somebody in Japan or whatever that, that I don't realise, but I, I, I think that was a Bret invention, potentially. I mean, people, by all means, jump in the chat or on Twitter and let me know how wrong I am, because it is going to happen. Um <laughs> <laughs> That effectively eliminates Stone Cold then. So we're down to 4v4, aren't we, Sha? What were your thoughts on on this with regards to Owen and Austin both effectively leaving the match and then returning later on? I mean, I hate to say it, and maybe it's this sort of grumpy old woman in me, but I almost like rolled my eyes a bit. Like Owen going, I wasn't fooled for a second. But still, right. whatever, is what it is. You know, at the end of the day, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. He might have genuinely had an injury that meant he needed to come out. But then when Austin went out too, it's almost like, oh, God, here we go. 
Okay, so they both want their big sort of entrance back then, do they? Mm. Hi, Charlie. You can see you behind your mum. <laughs> Daddy said hi. Letting Lemmy in. Hello, Lem. <laughs> I was waiting here because I didn't want to just like go in the frame. So I just said hi. No worries. I saw a little flash of Lemmy there, a little, little Lemmy cameo as well. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're spot on. The way I picked up on it was that it was done for Owen to get the pop when he comes back out. It's quite an old school um, when, when you get these multi-person tag matches. I mean, a lot of a lot of the um, territories back in the 70s, early 80s and so on, like world-class in Texas and Houston wrestling and so on, a lot of these places had six-man tag titles. It's not new in New Japan. They didn't invent it, people listening. It, it happened a long time ago that the Von Eriks and, and the Freebirds and all that, you know, multi-person tag titles. It's an old trick of theirs that one of the baby faces would leave and then limp back in to make the save, and the mm -hmm. you'd almost get a secondary pop from the crowd. So it's quite an old school trick, but I think with Owen it works really well. When Austin comes out, it's weird because somebody from the Heart Foundation side is on the offensive, but Austin coming back out means that the crowd boo. So I think it yeah. could have been timed a bit better. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, potentially. Um, there's lots of fighting on the outside then. <laughs> Pillman clotheslines Shamrock when he shouldn't. He's Again, he gets gets in the ring and interferes when he's not the legal man. And a crowd pop majorly for that. There's a moment where people are banging into the, the steps on the outside and the announce table. And I don't know if you noticed, if you saw this, but when the bulldog gets his head thrown into the announce table, the timing is quite a bit off. And the bulldog effectively headbutts the table himself because the guy's hands doing the move is are slightly off. So if, if you look, so he back throws it, his head into yeah, the table. Yeah, exactly. It kind of, you know, it, it's not, it's not as obvious as the famous Scott Steiner one that you see online quite often where the no. other guy's hands literally are a yard away and Steiner just headbutts the side of the thing. But it's, it, it's, it, it's there to see if you know what you're looking for, which, which tickled me a little bit, to be honest. Bret Hart gives us a sight of his famous, turnbuckle bump where he runs face first into the turnbuckle yeah. and you get that awful noise i mean that's how oh. how is his sternum still intact after the years of doing that it's oh it's just that good isn't he he's that good yeah and it's something we spoke about before showers as you know because you, you know you watch chain wrestling every week but it's something we spoke about so often magsy and i and i think matt and i have covered it as well when he's uh stood in for magsy Everything Brett does looks legit. Yeah. It, from from his punches, from simple things. I say simple, I don't know. But from his punches to his headbutts to his stomps to elbow drops from the middle rope all the way up to submission manoeuvres, the sharpshooter, they all look so legit. So when he throws himself into the turnbuckle like that, it looks legit. It looks like he should be breaking ribs. painful. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, Owen's return is it coincides with Bret Hart being in a sharpshooter that has been put on him by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, which is which is a unique twist. Uh, Owen breaks that up. There's more fighting then on the outside. The family get involved again. Bruce Hart gets involved, throwing a drink around and so on. Um, the family start punching again. Austin and the spill into the the rings and they area. Go to grab him don't they sort of yeah. lean over and try and grab and yeah yeah and austin grabs at Stu hart which got 
I think got legitimate reactions from some members of the Heart Foundation family yeah. story on the outside. Uh, the fight's in Carazon. Eventually, I mean, Owens got back in the ring. Austin gets rolled back in by certain members of the Hart family. And this huge, boisterous, over-the-top, insane match with so many characters and so many moments ends on a roll-up there and then, just out of the blue. Yeah, that sort of... I was like, oh, all right then. Yeah, I mean, I've got two... I've got... Uh, I'm, I'm really interested in picking your mind on that show. Actually, I, I've got two mindsets really myself. One, when you're in the main event and it's a big deal and so on, I like some of the big moves to finish the matches sometimes. But on the other side of the coin, I also like a surprise win because it then means that it, it's almost like WWE now, I think, has trained people that when people go for a roll-up or a small package or they counter something into a sunset flip or whatever, everyone goes one, two, kick out. They know the drill. They're yeah. waiting. They're waiting for the F5. They're waiting for the pedigree. They're waiting for the finisher. It's all, it's been trained out of us that matches can be won in other ways as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's the problem now, isn't it? It's like you said, it's been trained out of us. Mm. Yeah. So, but then on the other side of the coin, you see it happen here. And it felt almost a touch anticlimactic. Yeah, 100% it did. It was very much like, like I said, it was a bit like, oh, okay. Well, that's that then. Mm. I I almost expected, because of the way it happened, I almost expected um, the ref to restart the match. Oh, okay. Like he'd missed a it or bit, something. Yeah, like a bit like, mm. oh, I, I didn't see him holding the tights. So let's restart. That's that was legit. What I was sat there thinking, well, is that going to happen? Because it just happened so quickly and out of the blue. Right. Yeah. I get you. But again, maybe how quickly and out of the blue it happened is the plus point. But also, there's negative points. It's a funny one. I mean, we're excited debating a roll up, but it's <laughs> it's it is interesting. That there's so many different layers to that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after that, the fighting kind of carries on and we get lots of people in the ring clearing the the, 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 the supposed babyface team, Austin's team away. Family members start coming into the ring and then Austin returns out the blue, which I totally forgot happened, with a chair and just goes freaking mental mm -hmm. <laughs> and gets arrested, pinned down, handcuffed. Um, this was class. Austin, as he's walking away with his hands handcuffed behind his back, still flipping the bird, giving the middle finger to all the Canadian fans as he's walking away was, was a great touch. And then the family all get in the ring. Stu gets in the ring. Everyone celebrates. Everyone's happy. The crowd are going mental. The Heart Foundation music plays. And, that, and that's that's the end of the show. Um, mm -hmm. To sum up, then shout I guess. You say you've not seen this contest before. Overall, um, we, we always give these things a rating out of 10. What did you think of the match? Give us a few thoughts and and give us your rating. See, it's really difficult because it's like I, d I didn't like the finish. There's no two ways about it. I didn't like it. Okay. Um, it, it just felt it. It just felt a bit like meh. It almost felt unthought about, which we know that's not the case. It was not unthought about, but it just mm. felt very a lot of build up, and the end result was just a bit flat. Um, do, should they have won? Yes, they should have won. I think in the where they were, it couldn't have gone any other way. As for rating out of ten, I'll be honest, I can't remember the benchmark. 
and like where I'm supposed to go. So maybe I'm going to say I'm going to give it a five out of ten. Oh, why? Okay, so I think that's low. I think maybe that's it low. is low, but the the big problem is, and it almost pains me to say it because Bret Hart's involved, but I struggle to keep interest in the match. Okay. See, I can get where you're coming from because it was very simplistic. I think it's one of those matches that the crowd makes it better than it actually is. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of simple stuff going on in the ring, right? Being spectacular, I, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's that thing. I think I'm giving it a five because it's that thing of it wasn't awful, but it also wasn't great. So I'm just gonna stick to the middle of the road. Okay. And you know, leave it at that. Maybe I am being harsh, I don't know, but it's my mark to give and that's what I'm giving it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, a, a very hard woman to please, obviously. <laughs> I'm a little bit higher than that. I've got a seven and a half for this. Um, okay. Because I, I love it because of the crowd reactions and so on. The Brett Austin stuff is fantastic. And Owen Hart is so good. Just so, just little things he does. Just, you know, he, he splashes someone, rolls around and nips up onto his feet and, uh, Owen Hart made it for me. He was fantastic. Austin and Brett were great together, but you can watch Austin and Brett in a singles match and get more of that. You know, they had one yeah. at Survivor Series 96. They also had one at WrestleMania 90, uh, sorry, WrestleMania 13 as well. They were both, I think, better than this match, but the crowd or the heart, I mean, the sad fact is as well that the, the Hart Foundation, there's only Brett left. Everyone else has passed away from that team. So yep. I suppose more from a sentimental standpoint as well, I look at it and think, oh man. But yeah, a seven and a half for me, I think is uh, is the grade I'm going to give that. Yeah, there we go. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So where do we go next week? Sha, do you want to put forward the link for next week's show and what could potentially be our topic for whoever is sat in the hot seat next week? So... Obviously, I thought very long and hard about this. And by long and hard, it was basically, how can I get this to Adam Cole? That's genuine. I'm not being, I'm not trying to be predictable, but anyone who knows me knows how much I love Adam Cole. So I legit sat there and thought, how can I get this to Adam Cole? What's the easiest way? And I, I went down a couple of routes and then basically, obviously me and you had a conversation about it because I was like, look, I can't, I'm not a hundred percent sure how to get here. And ultimately you helped me get there. But um, so my link to it is Steve Austin was obviously in this main event here. Mm -hmm. So my link there being this WrestleMania, Steve Austin faced Kevin Owens. So the, the, again, jump to War Games, the NXT TakeOver War Games 2019, where it was Team Champa against the Undisputed Era 
and Kevin Owens was the um, surprise entrance on Team Champa. Oh, the big crowd reaction when his music hit. And, oh, yeah. So that is my very, very tenuous link to oh, this match. If you have some of the links that me and Magsy put forward, trust me, that's solid as hell. <laughs> I, I probably didn't explain myself well, and I'm hugely sorry for that. I'm not very good at explaining myself. Well, but I hope that sense. makes sense to anyone listening. No, it makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, Austin in this match. And to be fair, that is the perfect link for me personally, because Sai knows how much I've loved the modern day war games. Yeah, oh yeah. Like genuinely loved them. So it's the perfect link for me all round, because not only does it involve Adam Cole, which was inevitable, it's a war mm-hmm. games match, which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ticks a lot of boxes, doesn't it? Ticks a lot of boxes. Ticks uh, a lot of my boxes. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. There's a sound effect that's going to be inserted there. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> uh, no, that's a great shite. That's a great shite. I mean, Team Champa, it was Tomasa Champa, Keith Lee, Dominic Diakovic, and obviously Kevin Owens, which was one part of the link which you used for WrestleMania. I'm rubbish explaining things. No, no, the, the link made perfect sense. Don't worry about that. Uh, against the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Carl O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong. War games. Oh, I bloody love war games, you know. Oh, that's a great show. I'd be perfectly bloody happy. Bloody war games. Bloody lever war games. I'd be perfectly happy to lose to that. That is a great show. However, I do have to put something up against it. And I'm going to use Owen Hart. As the link here, I would like to see more from Owen Hart. Now, Owen has been on the show a couple of times when he's faced Big Brother Brett at WrestleMania 10. And I also think we've covered the cage match at SummerSlam 94, which was the same year as WrestleMania 10. So I think maybe we want to try and catch Owen in in a contest against somebody who's not named Hart. So why don't we go the other side of the coin in one of the greatest rivalries in the history of wrestling? And check out Owen Hart versus Shawn Michaels. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the looks. The drives are cool. While I've got the mood. That really move I said chill. Now, they wrestled a couple of times in singles matches. But looking on different websites, one of the ones that rates the highest for quality of match is from the event in your house six so we can use owen hart or the event in your house as the link look at that double links like layers layers as mr Magic yes. said. <laughs> uh yeah uh, basically bret hart had won the Royal rumble sorry bret hart listen to me what a claim <gasps> Shawn michaels had won the Royal rumble he was going to wrestlemania to um face off i believe against bret that year for the, the world title he was then put into a match with Owen with his WrestleMania title shot at stake. It goes a decent amount of time and it's two of, in my opinion, the best wrestlers of that era going at it. I am going to stun a few people here, shock a few people. I think I don't think I've seen this before. So that would be quite interesting for me as well. It may be that I press play and go, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm not, not sure. Watched a Shawn Michaels match. Yeah, I think I haven't. I always get this confused with the Jeff Jarrett match from an In Your House from previous years, like In Your House 2 or something. 
So I, I, I'm not sure I've watched this before. So that could be quite interesting. But yeah, there we go. Those are your links. We have the War Games match from NXT TakeOver War Games 2019. Team Champa versus the Undisputed Era. An absolute barnstormer of a contest. Full of talent uh, and, you know, bloody level War Games. And we have Shawn Michaels versus Owen Hart from In Your House 6. Again, I, I, I'm two great talented guys, you know, putting on a decent wrestling match. I think either of these would be a great watch. Uh, you can, of course, vote in the poll, which will be up after the uh, audio podcast version comes out later in the week. Uh, you can find the poll on Twitter at chain underscore wrestling, and it will be tagged up on there. Vote for what you want, retweet it and so on. And basically, you know, as always, the CWF decide where we go. There we go. Just just taking it there to the comments. Scottish Danny knows me. He says, I knew this would come back to Adam Cole. Ah, yes, I see that one there. I knew this would come back to Adam Cole. See, maybe you should you should have been in control of the chat chat. Maybe you should have had this. I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great stuff. Great stuff. So then, before we depart, Sharon, you need to let everybody know where you can be found on Twitter and let everybody know about rbf luxuries your business which we have a little advert for in the top corner of the screen here where that can be found and and all the the fun that can be had on your live videos on facebook Mm, well if you're watching the um youtube there's a qr code that i've just put on the screen which you can actually um click and it takes you straight to the facebook page which i've just put up there um but you can find me on twitter i've got multiple accounts wrong hand um there's this one which is mainly my author account which i have been using um again lately but there's also so that's at sharon career 13 or there's at rbf luxuries um and you can also find me on Facebook Live in on my RBF Luxuries page. Yeah, and I mean, it's I mean, we've had people from the CWF buy some of your products already, Mister yep. Mags, uh, Matt Willis, and so on, and they've sung the praises of everything that you've you've supplied. Do you want to let people just have a rough idea of the sort of thing it is with regards to the smellies and uh, all that great stuff? So from the cosmetic side, I do things like I've got the bath bomb, bath dust, body butter, soap slice, massage soap, sugar scrub, soap sponge, room spray. That's the things I saw from (laughs) the um, cosmetic side, which, again, I'm pointing. So if you're watching, then you can see where I'm pointing because it's Mm -hmm. it's all sort of behind me. Prices start from as little as £3 and go up to £5, which is my most expensive one on the cosmetic side um i also do um like bits and bobs as well and there's jewelry stuff and everything that you can buy off the website but if you go to www.rbfluxuries.com feel free to check out the website see what i do i've as of today officially accept klarna as a form of payment which i think is a huge huge deal um, but yeah, so go check out the website, have a look, just go and poke around if you want to and be nosy. Cause I know I would. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, there we go. That's where you want to track all of that stuff down. Uh, before we go, I suppose you need to know where you can find everything to do with me as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SJP words 
Uh, and on Facebook, if you are there on the old book of face, there's a group SJP, all the shows and info. And from there you get links to all of our, all the shows I'm involved in nitro nights, looking back on WCW one week, one show at a time. Uh, the waiting room, which has just started season two with Benny Mac looking at quantum leap one show at a time in order. The doctor who pod, which is out every Tuesday with our good friend, Dan Griffin, um, coming to the end of season one now, but it's going to be put back out there again from the start for you whilst we take a little hiatus and prepare for season two. Uh, and yeah, all of that good stuff there, but most importantly, as always, you can find this show at chain underscore wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that tick tock thingamy and all that stuff. Chuck us a follow, get involved, get involved in the non-wrestling topic, get involved in the poll. Let us know everything that's going on. Just let us know if you enjoy the show, what you want us to do more of, what you want. Chuck us some suggestions for the Hall of Lane. All let that know sort if of you stuff. don't enjoy the show and no, how we could improve it. No, I don't hear that. <laughs> no, that's great. Maybe, show. No, because you might show. not be back next week. Well, that's very true. That's very true. It might just be you on your own. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have had a, an absolute blast this evening, Sha. I'm not going to lie. It's been brilliant doing this with you. I have had an absolute blast. So thank you so, so much for, well, first of all, thank you for saying that you would like to have a go at doing this and stepping in and offering your, I suppose, podcasting services which is great but i've had an absolute blast i know there are certain aspects of doing this you were nervous about but you've you've sat here with me for close to two hours talked to people on the cwf talked about wrestling it's been fantastic i've had an absolute blast i've had a i've really enjoyed having you on so thank you so so much my love my pleasure i've really enjoyed it too i mean you knew coming into this it's like i said to you talking talking crap i'm good at talking crap i could talk about crap all day the wrestling side of things scares me more, not because I don't know what I'm talking about, because you know different. Just it just does. It just scares me more. Talking to you on a one-on-one -on -one basis doesn't bother me. Having other people hear me does bother me. Okay. Just, just fear. It's just an irrational fear that it is what it is. Mm. Okay. Well, you've been fantastic, and I'm sure everyone will agree. You know. You know Drop Sharon some love, as she says, at Sharon Korea 13 on Twitter. You know, get involved there as well. Ah, so that's the end of the show. Thank you to everybody for voting. Thank you to everybody for getting involved in the non-wrestling topic. Thank you for everybody in the chat, as always. As Magsy and I always say, this show does not exist without you, the CWF. Thank you so, so much for everything you are doing and being involved in. It is hugely, hugely appreciated. All that's left now is for me to say, I suppose, Sha, I'm off now to try and get to bed before you so I can watch what I want on the upstairs telly. I'll see you soon, my love. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. There's no need for you to say you're sorry. So don't you worry Goodbye, I'm 